welcome to the first ever episode of Chipping In, a golf podcast that chips in to the conversation. I'm Amanda Vogt, your host. Now, this is episode one, so let's kind of, let me introduce myself out to anybody who could possibly be listening out there. So I'm a freshman at Penn State majoring in broadcast journalism, specifically for sports, and golf is one of those sports that I am extremely passionate about. Um, my Twitter bio literally reads, um, my entire identity is golf, and there's nothing anyone could do about it. And here we are, I've started my own golf podcast, so that kind of holds true. I, growing up, I never really played it that much. I was a soccer girl through and through, played that through most of high school. But going, after I graduated middle school, I knew that playing on a golf team would be kind of like something not a lot of people do. And that, hey, that might be really fun. I started playing golf out of middle school on a more serious note. And I played on my team in high school for all four years. And it was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. I just fell so in love with the sport from kind of just the mechanics of even my own swing to just watching it every single day, Thursday through Sunday, and probably bothering my entire family with random stats that I'd pull up or we'd go out to eat on a Saturday night and I know it's the third round of this tournament or that tournament and I would position myself to where I could see a TV so I could continue watching and continue following the storylines. So golf is just one of those things that I, even if it's like, even if I haven't played in a while, which I haven't because I'm in school and I don't get the opportunity and it's the middle of winter and there's snow coming but I'm getting out in time for spring break. But even though I don't get a lot of time to play, I still just can't let it go. Like, the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour are just what I love to follow. I follow other sports, but golf is kind of the ones where I'll read every article Golf Digest posts about whatever player. And I think maybe because it's so player-based and not team-based, even if I don't like a player, um... I will still read a story on them just because I find it interesting and maybe because I'm a little crazy and I just want to know anything and everything about what's going on. So what to expect in this podcast? You're going to get some stuff from the LPGA because I personally love the LPGA. Not enough people I feel do and maybe depending on what impact this podcast has, we can help grow the coverage a little bit. I think they are some of the best players in the world, and they could give the men a run for their money. And obviously, no doubt, we'll talk about the PGA Tour, and we will have to talk about Live Golf. You're going to find out real quick. I'm not the biggest fan of them. But we're going to have to talk about them because there's always going to be a need to deep dive into their drama. Honestly, the biggest storyline's main focus, and just talking about the favorite things they saw over the weekend. Let's not even waste any time. Let's get right into it. Last week, we had the Honda Classic. It was a non-elevated event for the PGA Tour. Um, after playing the Genesis Invitational in California, where John Rahm regained his world number one status, most of the stars, basically all of the stars, took the week off at the Honda Classic because, first of all, we ended off, we ended, Genesis ended the California swing, and now we're in Florida. Florida, whole different elements, new elements, just crazy changes between course conditions, let alone how wonky the weather can be. Um, but 
The Honda Classic plays at a super hard course at PGA National, and it was tough. The players, I honestly didn't get to watch a lot of it, but just from like following along through social media, I just you'd see just players having to literally get in the mud and get dirty out there just to get through their rounds. And um, let's talk about Chris Kirk, our winner, who almost kind of blew it on the 72nd hole on 18 when he had a bogey, but he ended up going to the playoff with Eric Cole, who was a rookie. And Chris Kirk ended up defeating Cole in the playoff hole, which they replayed the part 518. Kirk had a birdie, which brought him to the winner's circle for the first time in eight years. And I honestly didn't know that much about Kirk until after I found out he won. And his story, is, it's inspiring that he had, in 2019, he, had a, he, he forced himself to step away from the game. And he is now sober. He's been sober since he joined back. Um, whenever that was back in 2019 after stepping away and alcoholism is something that he's not uh, he doesn't hide that away when he talks to the media he honestly promotes that he's been through that in hopes that he helps someone out and that's kind of what I love learning about athletes I love hearing about the people they are away from the game and storylines like Kirk's you don't get when all the stars are in the field like because obviously Everybody's going to pay more attention to the John Roms of the game, the Jordan Speeths of the game. That's where the focus is going to be, and rightfully so. They are the top players in the world. But when you have a non-elevated event, it gives the other guys a chance, not only to pick up more FedEx points for the FedEx Cup standings, but to honestly put their names back out in people's minds. Now Kirk knows. Now a lot of people know who who Chris Kirk is. His story is just so compelling to hear how he fought to get sober and how he just credits all of his success now because of it because Chris Kirk he won in 2015 that was the last time he won but he wasn't just like that was like a one win and in like it was his only win up to this point but he was a regular like top 15 golfer he played in a Ryder Cup I believe he was in the events he was in with the top dogs kind of fell off a little bit, dealt with his own personal issues, but now he's back, and it kind of, honestly, Honda Classic, even though there are no, the, even though there are no, there weren't stars in the field, that's got to be a confidence booster, but to him, it's just a bonus, because the bigger picture is on a sobriety, and that just deserves so much credit, and I am so glad the world has gotten to hear his story, because having those stories out there just kind of would bring more attention to the game of golf. And especially with what's going on with Live Golf, and they started up, they had their first event last weekend as well. It's always, it's now kind of like a who can do it best because Live Golf, they have their own thing going on, 54 holes and no cuts, team events. It's a whole other environment. And the PGA Tour kind of has to fight back a little bit to maintain that. And coming out of the headlines today, the PGA Tour is revamping their format again after making events designated for this season to make sure stars have to play in certain events. Like this weekend, the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the Players' Championship, those are designated events for the players. And now the PGA Tour is taking that to a new level for 2024. 
So basically, Commissioner Jay Monahan kind of wants to set the next direction of the PGA Tour. They're basically going to try to continue to have the PGA Tour growing, and they're doing that by making some of these designated events a set li- a set field, so it's going to be a smaller field because there won't be a cut after after a Thursday and Friday round because typically if you don't make a cut, you're not making any money. You go home, you don't play the weekend. But now what they're going to try to do here is allow all the players, all the top players, because these designated events will be smaller fields based on rankings in the FedEx Cups, in world standings, however they decide to do it, it's going to be top players competing for all four days. It's a guarantee that if you see John Rom tee off Thursday, you will see him finish. Jordan Spieth tees off Thursday, you'll see him finish through 18. No player will get cut, and that's why it has to be a smaller field. But they're also increasing the purses. They're increasing the money even more, which the PGA Tour already is giving out a ton of money to their winners and a ton of money to the players, but the players that make the cut. Now, there's even no fear that you won't make the cut. You know you're going to be staying till the weekend. You know, these players know they can keep their hotel rooms for the entire week. They will be there. And Monahan Monahan said that these changes will, quote, reward top performers, provide ample opportunity for play-in from season-long performance and different intervals throughout the season, retain an emphasis on winning, and be simple for the fan to understand. And I, specifically just coming from that quote, I like the part where it says play-in from season-long performance because that means, okay, you're not in the top now. But if you put on a week where you you win, you beat all the stars, okay, you punch your ticket into these events. That's how the majors typically work. If some events that if you win them, that's an automatic Masters invitation, automatic U.S. Open invitation, automatic Open or PGA Championship invitation. I think that just will encourage just golfers, even like the golfer like Chris Kirk, because Chris Kirk... A win, you never know what that can lead him to next. It got him into the Masters this time around. Who knows what that could do for players next season who might not be in the forefront of everyone's mind when you just get the schema of the top names of the PGA Tour. But that, I think that revamping it is smart. It's still going to be a 72-hole event. We're not jumping down. We're not swooping down the lives level, whatever that may be not high in my opinion and I think it's a way to kind of it's not like it's kind of a threat like the PGA will always be a threat to live golf live golf I mean signed a deal to get on TV but their ratings from what I understand of this last weekend were not great I think that a lot of fans alliances are with the PGA tour not saying that if you're a fan of Brooks Kepka, you're not going to be a fan of him once he joined Live. That's not what I mean. I just think that there's more loyalty within the within the golf world fan base to stick with the tradition that the PGA Tour has. And honestly, changing this event, changing these events won't mess with tradition. It just kind of tweaks it ever so slightly, but I think it will keep the fan base ever growing. And Honestly, the pandemic got more people into golf as a whole, and that has just increased its presence in the media and it increased its presence 
just in the forefront of people's minds, like, hey, these players, it's getting spoken about more, like, everyday sports talk radio, it's not just when the Masters comes around that we're like, oh, who has done well in golf this year? No, I think it's now gotten to the point where every week you might just take a look and stop for a second. Who won? How did they win? What does that put them at now? Because the people leading the way in the world rankings because of all this live drama are the John Roms of the world, are the Roy McElroys, are the Scotty Shufflers, the top three currently right now. And I think it's just the PGA Tour has caused a bunch of drama that has allowed more people to want to kind of get to know. And I mean, I'm not going to deep dive into the Netflix documentary right now. That'll be a different episode. But Full Swing, absolutely amazing. I think that's one of the best things golf could have done is put something out there like that where they have reporters just talking about the games and even just taking a second to explain what golf is like kind of the rules like I know it's a big deal that every single episode they mentioned what the cut meant but that just it makes it accessible they're making the game accessible for people who have never even watched golf I had a friend who watched it with me and by the end of the first episode of Full Swing totally into it. it was like oh my god I was rooting for this guy oh my god the drama or even just simply just making fun of the little nuances of the game you just want to get more people involved and I think Full Swing did a great job of that but now kind of shifting gears to the LPGA I just love watching women's golf might be a bias but I love watching women's golf I will spend time like right now they're overseas I would watch it on a tape delay, record it, watch in the morning. I just love women's golf. And because I love the stories that comes out of that, out of that tour as well. The LPGA, just great. Like, all of the athletes are just, I just love how they go about playing. It's just watch, it's different than watching the PGA Tour because the LPGA Tour is the stars of the game too. Nellie Korda and Jin Young Ko. That in 2021, to conclude that season, that was a battle between the two of them. That kept me on my toes because, honestly, they're both so talented. I didn't know who would win. And I think the LPGA Tour is growing. They've had their own purse increases. They've had their own changes, which is boosted to kind of bring the LPGA to not the level the PGA Tour will be at because I don't think right now that's possible. The gap is pretty wide. But to narrow it in any way possible would just be great. Like, the LPGA deserves the recognition. They deserve the hours on national TV. They deserve the credit for what these athletes do because it's special. The talent of these women is special. And last week, they had the LPGA Honda, uh, Honda Classic in, in, uh, in Thailand, and we had another, we had a first-time winner in Lilia Vu, who trailed going into the final round by six, but shot an eight-under bogey-free round to win by one stroke, and last season, the closest she got towards the winner's circle was third place, and so just having new winners get that kind of confidence boost to win, and just kind of following them, this is now, Lilia is now just another name that more people will be tracking as the year goes on. Because, yes, she's had 
top finishes previously, but when you're not a Nelly Corda, when you're not a Jennifer Cup show, when you're not a Lydia Ko, you might not be, or Alexi Thompson, you might not be at the forefront of people's minds when you think about women's golf because even that field is a lot smaller because when you, if you ask someone randomly, a professional golfer, and that they'll probably, one, say a male, and one, probably say Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, or just a recent winner, or world number one. When you say women's golf, it's less likely that you'll get as many different answers than one of the tops in the world. And this week is pretty exciting for the LPGA because it's the HSBC Women's World Championship, which for Eastern Standard Time, it's Wednesday through Saturday because they're in Singapore. They're still overseas. And look who's defending that, Jin Young-Ko, who is just just so special. Like, just the way she swings a club is just so smooth. And her play, she when she plays, she just fully gets so locked in that sometimes I don't even think she realizes, not that she doesn't realize how good she is, but in the moment she might not even realize the positions she puts herself in just by playing the way she knows how to play. And um, they kind of call this event Asia's Major because the field is star-studded. There is so many people that are it's loaded. Nine of the top ten players in the world are in it, including all five major champions from last year. Jennifer Cupcho, Minji Lee, Inji Chung, Brooke Henderson, and um, these players, they're all, they all flew out there. The LPGA makes a big deal about these international events because they are huge. The purse is $1.8 million um, compared to the PGA Tour. That's literally nothing, but it's something. And Jin Young-Ko, last season, she went through a lot. She had a left wrist injury that kind of prevented her from playing up to the level she had in 2021 where she won LPGA player of the year beating Nelly Korda out for that but now she says that she's kind of like she spent the offseason working in Vietnam uh, working with her swing coach um she she's been at the world number one she knows she has that mentality I believe where she could get back there and I think if she were to go back to back and defend her title that could just be just like an eye opener as to what to as to what's to come because last week in the final round she went 8 under as well uh she went 8 under to finish top 10 in the Honda LPGA Thailand uh Thailand tournament um and i think that if she can continue to build on that you'll see another Jin Young Ko huge year Nellie Corda in her last, Nellie Corda has been dominating. You go, you scroll through the LPGA Instagram, you're going to find a Nellie Corda highlight because she is, her every aspect of her game can produce a highlight reel. That's how good she is. And players like Nellie, players like Jin Young Ko, players like an American favorite is Lexi Thompson just because of how long she's been around. I think those players, the longer they continue to play at the top of the LPGA, the better it will be for the women's game in total because the women's great game the women's game is growing no doubt about that it just has to continue to grow in order for them to get more traction because i fully believe they do deserve more traction and i mean i've been to a couple lpga events 
and the crowds Thursday, Friday, hardly anyone. The weekends it'll pick up, but it's nothing compared to a PGA Tour event from what you would even see on TV. Because the PGA Tour, obviously well-known, the stars are more solidified in the PGA Tour, where I think that it's starting to happen now, where you're starting to have more people attach themselves to an LPGA golfer. And I think that's the most important thing, because if you can align yourself with an, with Nellie Cordet, or if you can align yourself with a Jin Young Ko, there's more people that will come out to these events because they'll know what to root for. Once you make the name recognition, you'll start to get the whole tour recognition as a whole. And some of the best news I've heard in the last couple of weeks is a combined event between PGA Tour and LPGA Tour players. Like, say less. Really say less. Because for so long, I have wanted a combined event. I have wanted there to be my favorite PGA Tour players teaming it up with and against my favorite LPGA Tour players. Because there's an event where... um. Uh, the PNC Championship, which is held in December, that's kind of like the player relative tournament. And so that's where you see Tiger and Charlie Woods play, which that alone, incredible to watch. But then you also see Nellie and her father play. And and watching Nellie Corda play in the same event as Tiger Woods, that is just kind of what I've wanted. Like that was from that point, and even before then, I was like, there needs to be a combined event. These players need to be playing together. They are both so good, and part of me wants to see who will win. And honestly, like that moment, just thinking back to the 2021 PNC uh, Championship when Nellie Corda literally fangirled over getting a picture with Tiger Woods. I watched that video on Twitter countless times. I probably made everyone in my family watch Nellie Corda take a picture with Tiger Woods just because I was like, oh my god, they're finally connecting. And I just love how in that moment they the two tours kind of were like really hand in hand and there so basically this event uh this event there is it's a team event so when it was announced the two teams that were announced it was announced with the Corda sisters frontlining us so this was announced that I first saw I forget what account I saw it posted on either Nellie's or the LPGA's account I saw that Nellie is on a team with Tony Finau Immediately, it woke me up in the morning because I'm always scrolling on Instagram and Twitter, just kind of seeing all the stuff, any new headlines that came out in the morning before I woke up. That's how I start my day. I start my day looking at golf news. So if that alone doesn't make sense why I made a podcast, now you know. Like, I'm literally in too deep. But anyway, I woke up. I see that Nellie Corda and Tony Finau are on a team together in a mixed event. I probably woke up even more than I did because I am just so excited. It's a $4 million purse. It's, I think, at going to be in December. So it's it's a long ways out. But don't worry. The excitement is already through the roof. So, and then I saw Jessica Corda, Nellie's older sister, is teaming up with Ricky Fowler. And that is just, I just think those two pairings are perfect because um, Tony Fino, he's definitely like getting back in the winner's circle last year and now having being highlighted on full swing, he's definitely gotten back to the forefront of people's minds because he's always been someone who could play really well, but then never really closed it out. 
but now he has started to close out, and now he's have started getting into the conversation more. So I think Tony Fainau and Nelly Corda make sense. Jessica Corda doesn't really win as much on the LPGA compared to Nelly because Nelly is just Nelly. There's no other way to describe that. Um, but Ricky is a player who, if you just turn on Golf Channel or just watch an event when it's on CBS, you're guaranteed to see at least three different Ricky Fowler commercials. And his golf through the years has kind of been mediocre at best compared to the top players in the world. But um, he has gotten better. He had a hole-in-one a few weeks ago. He, I think Ricky's on the bounce back. I think Ricky will get himself into more contention this year. But I, I like these two pairings. Just automatically, off the bat, love these two pairings. Can't wait to see it happen. I can't wait to hear. I don't know if they were announced yet, but I can't wait to look into it more and see um, kind of the other ones. Because it's really interesting, a team event in that sense, PGA Tour player with an LPGA Tour player. That's just gonna that's gonna be a fun event. Can't wait. It might be it might be ten months away, but let's not let's not put a damper on the excitement because it's crazy. But overall, I mean, we talked about what's up next week for the LPGA, what's up next week for the PGA is an elevated event in the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. And this is going to be so great. I mean, John Rahm has confidence through the roof, saying when asked if anyone could beat him when he's firing on on all cylinders, for him to just respond with no. First of all, power move. That's a huge power move. Second of all, confidence. Third of all, he's world number one. And John Rahm takes advantage of every opportunity out in the course. And I think at some times... He might seem a little patient, but he's the player that will pounce on your mistake. He, like, when he was up against, when he and Max Homer were dueling out at Genesis, Max Homer makes a mistake. What does John Rahm do? He sinks a putt. I remember there was a birdie shot he had, a birdie putt he had from basically either on the fringe or just off the fringe on the far edge of the green. The announcers, whoever was on the broadcast that day, I am blanking on their names, said there's no way, not like there's no way, but the chances of him making it in are slim. And what does John Rahm do? Literally silenced the broadcaster and sunk the putt. Even I'm watching, and I just, I was just like, not even shocked, but just kind of laughing at the fact that John Rahm did it again. So with John Rahm's confidence, it definitely makes the world number one race really interesting because the week before, after Scotty Scheffler won, uh, the W, uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, he was number one. Before that, it was Roy McIlroy. Those two, those three players are currently at the top of golf right now. And I think any of them, they come out and have a great week. They can put their names at number one. Scotty Scheffler um, is the defending champion of this event. He won at only five under because Bay Hill is tough. I mean, other than when Bryson DeChambeau shot 11 under a couple years back, the score, the winning scores are low. It's not going to make it to the double digits. At least that's how I think about the event right now. I don't think it'll get that low. I don't think the scoring will be that low. 
because another thing is the winds will be whipping this week. It's going to make it hard for ball striking. It'll have to make shot selection be a really big component to what these players are looking at in terms of how aggressive they want to be, where they think they could pick up shots in the field, how if they have to be conservative here, but if they do try to play aggressive and if they do make mistakes, how that will affect them throughout the rest of the round, throughout the rest of the four days, if that make if they even make the cut. And so I just think overall, golf is such a special sport that just has so much going on every single time. So I'm really glad that I am finally starting this podcast because I will always talk golf to honestly anyone who will listen even if they could care less. So, I mean, at some point, I'll break down the best moments from Full Swing because if we think I was pumped about this combined event between the PGA and LPGA, I've been waiting for Full Swing since the day I heard it was going to be announced. Back in January of last year, and it came out earlier this early, early in February. So, We'll get into that. That'll be a whole other episode. But um, we're just going to have to pay close attention to what happens in Singapore with the LPGA. Going to have to pay more attention to the reactions about what the PGA is going to be doing in 2024, along with the next four days at Bay Hill. There's always going to be a lot going on, but I'll be here to chip into the conversation. So thank you all so much for tuning into the first episode of Chipping In. Check back every week on Spotify for new episodes that'll cover anything and everything golf. So I'll leave it at that for today. Until next time.